The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi guys, and welcome back to Note to Self. I'm your host, Peyton Sarton, and today we're doing my official 30th birthday episode. So I turned 30 like six days ago now, so I'm, I'm easing into it right now. Like I said last episode, do I feel different? No, 29 felt more different than 30 feels to me, just like physically different, but we'll see. I think some great things are in store for my third decade here on Earth. I think I'm more excited than I thought I would be, and I'm more relaxed than I thought I would be. Also, I feel like turning 29 made me more anxious because I was just like waiting to turn 30, and then I turned 30, and now I'm like, okay, it's here. Like You just have to kind of accept it. You know what I mean? So I figured I'd do a like 30 things I learned in my first 30 years kind of episode, and at first, I was like a little nervous I wasn't going to come up with 30 things, and then I had to almost like limit myself to 30 things, and because there are 30 points to be made here, I don't want to like go way into detail about any of them too much because I feel like I've talked about a lot of them on the podcast. But as I was coming up with this list, I was like, damn, these would all, all be like pretty good topics to really dive in on, whether it be with someone more knowledgeable in various areas or me by myself, just like chatting about, you know, my thoughts as I do on note to self. So that's maybe in the works. We'll see about that one. Let's start with Content Corner, though. I have been watching some shows. I'm glad the writer's strike is over. I'm pretty sure it's officially over. And I'm waiting for, like, really good shows to come back. But one, I rewatched Tulsa King with my boyfriend. And that was a really, really good show the first time around. And even better for me the second time around. I love Tulsa King. And then two, I watched Fool Me Once, I think it's called. I don't remember. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah. Fool me once. I watched that. Pretty good. Would I watch it again? No, but it was okay. I saw Saltburn though, and that was pretty dark. My boyfriend and I watched that and I don't think he really appreciates like the art of it all. Like he was just like, that was a dumb story. And I was like, well, I don't think it was about necessarily the story as much as about like the cinematography and like the twists that you don't necessarily see coming. Also that main character guy, he looks like a cartoon character to me. I don't know what it is about his face. I know he's supposed to kind of look a little bit odd, but he just has a very strange look, which like obviously from a cinematic standpoint works for the movie. I thought that was kind of interesting. And then in terms of content corner on social media, there is someone that I have not mentioned on here, but I like love all of his TikToks. You'll have probably seen him on your For You page. And it's rare that I'm like, everyone needs to go follow this man with opinions because usually it's not a great thing when a man has too many opinions, but he has opinions that are all correct. So I appreciate him. Let me find him. I forget his name. I think his name is Jack Mack. And also, surprisingly, he's a barstool guy, which again, not usually my vibe. His at is Jack, J-A-C-K, Mack, M-A-C barstool. And he is just hilarious. Everything he says to me is funny. He's got like conspiracies that he dives into like kind of as a joke. So I love him. And then I don't know where I was living, but I started following Jackie Ina on TikTok. 
finally. Like I followed her elsewhere, but obviously she's killing it on TikTok. I love her. And then I guess that's really it lately. I'm trying to find, like I said last time, some more plant-based TikTok chefs to follow because I need to figure out how to eat a high protein diet still without eating so much meat. Like I just like kind of am grossed out. And you know how it's just kind of a thing where when you're eating, let's say chicken and you're enjoying it at first and then you like think about it a little bit too much and it just really grosses you out. That's what's been happening with me with Chipotle lately. And that is like a dagger to the heart because I fucking love Chipotle. But if I eat it and I and I eat meat, but when I eat the chicken sometimes and it's like I know it's supposed to be good chicken, but I am like disgusted for some reason. Like it makes me like a little bit nauseous. So I'm trying to find out ways to eat more protein without feeling super bloated and like pretty much only eating meat and fish. Because again, I watched that Netflix documentary about the twins and I was like a little bit freaked out. So more working on that. That's more content creators I would like to follow and find. And then also life updates. What do I have for you guys? Honestly, not very much. At this point, when you're listening to this, Winnie will be two days post-surgery from getting spayed, which is going to be the best thing ever for me because after she's like fully healed from the surgery, I'm going to be able to like take her to a dog sitter. She was dog sat when I went away for the holidays back to Texas, but it had to be like a very specific dog sitter that didn't have any other dogs because she's not spayed and you'd pay extra money for that. And there's all this stuff. So now I'll be a little bit less nervous about her with other dogs. I do know that little virus thing is still going around pretty heavily. So I still need to be careful, but I just think it's going to be a lot off my chest once she gets spayed. So she's six months old today, like the day I'm recording this, that kind of gave her a birthday when they rescued her. So that's the birthday we're going off of. It's June 5th. No, July 5th. So she's six months old today. And she is in her her teen era for sure. She's being very sassy. She has kind of like backslid on the potty training efforts only when she wants to, though. It's very inconsistent. But other than that, she's still super cute. She's still super happy and friendly and loves all the people and all the dogs. And she's getting to be so She's getting to be less big than I thought she was going to be, but I'm very interested to see how much she grows because obviously she's a rescue. I have no idea how big her parents were, so I'm not really sure. Anyway, that's one life update. Other than like just starting the year off, like trying to chill, I feel like I have done a good job of staying home and just like getting the boring shit done that I need to get done. Like a lot of backend stuff for like my business and a lot of just like meetings and trying to hire the right people to do all the right things and trying to like fire people (laughs) that's happened. I just am trying to like figure out my business and I'm minding my own business literally and just working on that lately. And then post Winnie's surgery, I'm obviously just going to be at home all the time because I get really nervous about like the idea of leaving her, especially right post surgery. I know she's going to hate me for like two weeks because she's not allowed to like run and jump and do all this stuff. But After we're past that, we're out of the weeds of that. I think I'm going to have, Winnie's going to training. She's going to do all the, I'm not the best dog in the entire world. But until then, I'll be at home minding my business, working on random things that I never do because I always want to be out and about. All right. So let's just hop into the 30 things I've learned in my first 30 years. Now, I have them all on a list here as usual on my phone. I'm wondering if I continue to do like the phone use and like, referencing things on my phone when I'm recording or if I should be more professional and have like cue cards almost I guess not cue cards like index cards I might be 
playing around with that. Maybe when I have guests, because I feel like when you have guests, it's like kind of rude to just be sitting there on your phone the whole time because it just like looks like you're being rude, but you're really like referencing questions. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so these are in no particular order. And what I noticed when I was writing these down is in my first 30 years, I feel like I've had to unlearn more things than I've had to learn. Like the, I just society teaches me things. Your family teaches you things. Your friends talk about you know, who you are and you think things of yourself. And now I've just been like unlearning that for at least the past for throughout my entire 20s. I've been unlearning a lot of things that I thought were true. And I have recently come to find out that it's just like not for me or I don't agree or things don't resonate with me like they did when I was young because I was just like told things and believed them, you know. So again, like I said, these are not in like a particular order. This is just kind of how they came to me. And I've also had a list of this on my phone for the past like like four years when something really sticks out to me, I'll write it down. Okay. So number one, you have to be okay with being misunderstood. And I'm going to deliver these like I'm talking to myself at, let's say 20, early twenties. Okay. But what I've learned, I'm looking back at me as a note to myself. That's how it goes. Anyway. Okay. So you have to be okay with being misunderstood. And under that, let's go to a little, you know, bullet point under that. It's just for me, that means stop over explaining myself to people who are, let's say, committed to misunderstanding. I learned about this mostly through working and posting my life on the internet. Like there's just so much stuff that people kind of glean from the small amounts they see of you. Even though I post a lot, overall, I cannot showcase the majority of my life through the internet. It would be really hard. And I have a YouTube channel and a podcast and I post on Instagram and I post on TikTok. And I would still say that the majority of my life is lived offline. So though it seems like people would know everything, it's just not the case. So when people judge certain things or they glean certain information or they make certain like judgments, I don't think a lot of the times people are trying to be rude about it. I just think that they don't see as much or they don't get enough explanation and a lot of the times people are just committed to misunderstanding you and they don't care what you say. They're going to tell you what they think you're thinking, like as if they're in your own brain and tell you your truth constantly. And that happens to me all the time, whether it be online or with family and people in real life. So I've just decided like you have to be OK with people misunderstanding you and you have to be able to not overexplain yourself. You don't need to feel like you need to overexplain yourself. You don't need to qualify things. You don't need to apologize for who you are and what you think most of the time, unless you're being a dickhead, obviously. But I just, I've gotten so tired of the explaining. And for me, I think there's a Glennon Doyle quote where she says like the most powerful thing a woman can do is not explain herself, something along those lines. And that really resonated with me. So that's my number one. Number two is you don't have to force things that are meant for you. And what I mean by that is not that you don't have to work hard. Like things are going to be hard sometimes. Relationships are hard sometimes. Work work can get really hard and challenging. Having a dog, for me, having a puppy is a little bit challenging. Having children obviously is going to be extremely challenging in a lot of different ways. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you have to overly force something. Like for example, if you're in a situation with a guy and you're constantly trying to get him to see you as, I don't know, desirable or a respectable person and he's just like I you know, said before, being a dickhead, maybe that's forcing it. You know what I mean? You're trying to fit. Is it a square peg into a round hole? When you find yourself at that point, it's just not for you because things are supposed to be easy. Like 
easy in certain ways is what I mean. So there's a difference between forcing and things being a little challenging and challenging you in a good way. But I've been in situations that I've definitely tried to force before, whether it be friendships or relationships or I don't know, places I've lived that I really wanted to live in or like apartments I've lived in, roommates I've had. There's so many things that I've tried to force and they've never turned out true or like pure and honest and enjoyable. You know what I mean? So that's number two. Number three is get used to change. And what I'm referencing here, it's a very simple way to say this, but I'm a person that will procrastinate until it's like the right time to do something, for example. And what I've noticed throughout my 20s, especially, is that there's always shit happening. Like there's always something. And it's never going to be for a lot of things the perfect time. You're not going to be perfectly ready for things. So for me, it's just like getting used to moving and existing and doing my best and continuing my path and keeping my goals and stuff through the change of life that just is constantly, constantly happening. And I think that I've learned to really embrace that as of late. I think I've always been pretty good with change, but I think I've learned to embrace it and just realize that things changing all the time makes life exciting. And I would honestly probably be so bored if things didn't change at a constant rate. And especially nowadays with the way technology works and all of this stuff, I think embracing change is going to be helpful for all of us moving forward in our careers and our lives. I think just embracing change and learning to live your life and and focus on yourself and your goals and all of that and and hitting these milestones in your life purposely and with intention through all the shit that's going to be happening in your life. That's what I mean by get used to change. Note to Self is sponsored by BetterHelp. So what are some things you want to keep the same about yourself or your life in 2024? Because we all know there's some areas we're already pretty much crushing it in. And I'm not a total new year, new you person. Obviously, we talked about our 2024 rebrand, but I started off that episode being like, listen, you don't need to completely change who you are. All right. We're just kind of making some small improvements here or there. Around New Year's, we get so obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space, your new home, whatever it may be, and you want to go on to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning, which I need to be doing, and now you want to actually make sure you're eating breakfast every day too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can dish the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. I've personally been in and out of therapy since college, and I noticed that when I go consistently, I just feel so much better overall. I feel definitely in my right mind. It's nice to have someone to talk to and talk through anything with rather than like just, you know, trauma dumping on my friends, for example. So I have found therapy to be a very valuable tool to use throughout my entire 20s so far. And I always notice my life is a thousand times better when I'm going consistently. That's a solid note to self. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash note to self today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash note to self. Today's episode is sponsored by Olive and June. Y'all, I am so excited to talk about this because I have been in my past 
not a consistent manicure girly just because I hate going in to get my nails done. But I love the feeling that I have when I have a fresh manicure. I just love the way it looks. I feel so put together. I feel like it's one of those things that I now notice now that I have really stayed on top of my manicure game. Having nice manicured hands just makes everything look and feel more elevated when it comes to like your personal style and your beauty routine. My issue with this has always been the fact that you usually have to go into like a salon to get your nails done. And I hate sitting there and having my hands held down and I can't do anything. Usually typically in the middle of the day is when like salons aren't booked for me because I'm always last minute. And then I have to sit there in the middle of the day with my hands being held down. I get so much anxiety and I'm like sweating. It's just truly a miserable experience. I honestly don't really know that many people who find going to the nail salon to be like relaxing and enjoyable. So that's why I love Olive and June's Manny system. So this is everything you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. They have salon grade tools designed just for you to DIY your own manicure. You can customize it with your choice of six polishes and this polish does not chip. It lasts seven days or more. And all of this basically breaks down to just $2 a manicure with the Olive and June Manny system. So now you can get professional salon quality nails at home. It's all about this DIY system they have built because if you try to go look for the tools yourself and just like build your own thing, it's so complicated and I don't know what I need. I need a professional person to tell me exactly what I need. So I love this mini system for that exact reason. Right now I'm loving a neutral, clean manicure with kind of like a squoval <laughs> tip. So it's like not really round, but it's not square either. It's like a squared round shape. I love it. It looks super clean. When I'm wanting a longer nail, I go for a press-on. I love a press-on nail. And Olive and June has some amazing press-ons. I love Olive and June because throughout my entire 20s, I have been looking for a solution to my nail salon problem. And now to celebrate my 30th birthday episode, I have finally found it. The final solution, the final lesson. <laughs> You'll add this into one of the lessons, all right, that I have learned in my in my 30 years. The at-home Manny system is an absolute must. So y'all can visit oliveandjune.com slash note to self for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash N-O-T-E-T-O-S-E-L-F for 20% off your first Manny system. Okay. Number four kind of goes along with number three, but it's about changing yourself and it's, you can change your mind and your life whenever you want. You can wake up one day and change your entire life. If you want to, you have full control and power to do that. The decisions that you make every day are creating yourself and they're creating your life. And for me, that makes me feel very empowered to be able to really take control of my life and myself. And it's just as simple as making different decisions sometimes. And I think when I get in a constant I guess I get into like patterns and I'll fall into patterns and say, well, this is how I do things. This is how I've always done things or this is who I am. I forget that I can change that if I want. I can change my mind whenever I want to. And typically it's a good thing to change your mind. Um, if you're consistently saying the same person all the time, like if you're consistently who you are at, let's say 15 and you're the same person at 20 and the same person at 25, I personally don't think that's a great thing. You might look at it as at least you're consistent, but I don't think that's a good thing. I think that that's, that means you're not learning anything. That's actually a very much of a red flag to me. So 
I expect myself to change and believe different things and learn new things and adjust my perspective accordingly. And I expect that of the people around me. When people don't change based on like new information or new perspective, then I'm a little concerned for them. And it makes me a little bit like wary of the kind of person that they are. Okay. Number five, I've learned the importance of creating a home that you feel safe and comfortable and at peace in. And I know I talk a lot about how you are your home, like inside your brain is a version of home. By this, I mean, when I'm talking about creating a home, I'm talking about your actual physical home. I think everyone deserves to have a place that maybe it's not your dream home or your like where you're going to end up for the rest of your life. But I think that we all deserve to have a place to go home to and just feel like we can take the day off and relax and feel just good. And you can do these in little these this in little ways. I feel like I always have little warm elements and touches in my home that make me feel very comfortable. I also have made myself a little lovely bungalow in the current apartment I live in. And I wanted the whole thing to just feel cozy and very like authentic Californian. And I want it to be my little space. So honestly, oftentimes I don't have like friends over and stuff like that because that's just like my home. And now obviously Winnie's home as well, but that's just like mine and Winnie's little sanctuary. And it's not perfect. It's not like the nicest place I've ever lived. It's not the worst place I've ever lived. It's just a great space for me and the time that I'm in right now. And I enjoy going home to that every evening. It makes me feel safe and comfortable. I love my bed. I love my room. So for me, the way I take care of my home is I make sure when I fill it with things that I love to the level that I can afford at this moment in my life. And then I also make sure that I try to keep it as organized as possible. Like I'm constantly getting rid of things and organizing and even like opening up my fridge and it being like an organized, clean fridge. That makes me so happy. So I make sure to stay on top of stuff like that. And it makes such a difference in my day-to-day life and my happiness when I really curate and, and prioritize having a safe space to return to. And I think everyone deserves that. Okay. Number six, take responsibility for yourself and for your life. And by this, I mean that no one is going to do what you need to get done for you for you. For me, I think about this a lot in my job. Like my job is to showcase my own life on the Internet and I can hire people out to do certain things. And it's really helpful when I do that. But I'm the boss. Essentially, I'm the one making the plans. I'm the one overseeing everything and creating the content plan and being in the content and editing the content. And if I want to make something happen, this in this example for my job, I have to do it. No one's going to like instruct me to do it. I don't have someone giving me a timeline. Usually I have to be the one that's in charge. And to me, it's really helped me kind of do that in other areas of my life as well. Like I'm notorious for procrastinating like normal life things, taxes, (laughs) really bad at procrastinating that. Anything back in business, like, like I said, I've been doing in the beginning of this year. I'm trying to get it all under control. But I'm also like notoriously bad at like making appointments for myself. And basically like as a depressed girly, just the things that you can't do when you're depressed. And I've spent most of my life in that state. So like I have all the stuff done that I need to get done. Absolutely. But I'm not necessarily ahead, which you would think. I think people would think I'm more ahead than I am. I used to be like way more type A and now I just like don't really care. But again, I think that might be depression. So for me, I've had to really be like, hey, I have to take responsibility for myself. I have to do this because no one's going to fucking come in here and do my taxes for me or get it started. At least obviously I can hire people to help, but like I have to get that shit done. So 
it's just taking responsibility for the things that I have to do. And it's easier for me sometimes to do that when I, it's not about me. Like for example, for Winnie, does Winnie, is she completely on top of all of her like health stuff? Like, does she have it all figured out for her? Absolutely. Because I have figured it out like to a T I'm so type a about her. And so specific and like ahead of things and like things are planned for her and she gets the best of the best food and the best of the best like vet stuff for me doing it for myself I feel a little bit it's a little more difficult so for me I have to make a serious mental note that when you don't want to do something don't put it off because you're still gonna have to do it it'll just be later no one's gonna do it for you I put things off as if it's gonna get done and it just isn't so anyway that's something I really need to get into my thick skull and I think that I have Okay, number seven, don't glorify the idea of being busy because boredom is necessary sometimes. I'm really working on this as a person that has, we talked about my depression, now we're going into anxiety. Being busy feeds or I guess like numbs my anxiety a little bit and my anxiety kind of almost, I guess it maybe fuels the feeling that I need to be busy and need to be doing stuff all the time. I think that great ideas come when you're bored. You can learn a lot about yourself when you're bored. And I think that not feeling time all the time is probably great. It's probably nice to sit around and just like let your brain turn off. I think it's probably healthy. But I think right now, like we live in an era of our phones. We always have something we can be doing. And for someone like me, it's very tempting to always be doing something. So I need to learn that boredom is actually a good thing sometimes. And the glorification of busy is just not, it's not healthy. Number eight, there's a difference between intuition and anxiety. This is something I'm definitely working on identifying better in myself, but I think that, you know, it depends on what kind of anxiety we're talking about. If it's a legitimate anxiety about like your safety, obviously that's something that we all need to pay attention to, but I have anxiety about things that I don't need to have anxiety about. And I'm sure most of us can relate to the idea of being fearful or having anxiety about something that is probably something we need to do. Again, it happens to me with work sometimes where I get a little bit nervous to be so vulnerable and share, but it's also something that I enjoy a lot after I do it. And I know it's something that I needed to do for myself and for the people who choose to follow along in my life. I feel like I'm doing something good when I share things like that, but it does give me anxiety. So moments like that, I want to lean into anxiety and then I want to listen to intuition. So I want to make sure that I'm listening to myself. And for me, I've noticed anxiety comes from more like if I'm feeling it like somatically in my chest. And then my gut feeling literally feels like it's coming from my gut. But that's just like a me experience. I don't know if everyone agrees with that. And then kind of going off of that one, number nine, nervous system regulation is the key to a happy, healthy life. I think that a lot goes into this, but if you can regulate your nervous system, you're not kind of operating from a perspective of like fight or flight. So you're not making decisions based on that kind of nervous energy. You're kind of calm, cool, collected your body's in a normal (laughs) state so you can actually think clearly about things. And I think it's also obviously really helpful for your happiness levels to not be in such a anxious state all the time. So I do a lot to regulate my nervous system. And we can talk about that more in another episode if y'all want to, to dig deeper. But it's something that I'm really working on. It's something I've noticed in the last couple of years regulation of my nervous system helps me with literally everything from the way my brain works to my relationships in my life, whether they be friendships, family, my romantic relationships, and just like my day to day. It's just so helpful to focus on that regulation. And then I think, let's see, number 10, patience is one of the most important skills you'll learn. For me, that means being patient with myself and being patient with others and almost 
I don't know, most importantly, but of equal importance, being patient with the timing of my life, whether it be social or personal or work related, just being patient and not needing everything to happen right now because life is just patience. It's just waiting. You know what I mean? And enjoying that to me is getting to be, it's getting to be less difficult as I've gotten older. All right. Number 11, just because you're for something doesn't mean you need to be vehemently against something else. I think that we see this a lot in, let's say politics. We see it in religion. We see it in a lot of different things. And I feel like it's natural to, if you, let's say, believe one certain thing to be like very against other things. And for me, I guess I've just realized that I don't really know anything. (laughs) I know stuff, but I think I know at that point, it's that like people always say this, but you just like know enough to know that you don't know anything. So I think I just kind of hold space for whatever it is that I believe to maybe not be true. And again, this is just a note to myself. You don't need to take this to heart. But for me, it's just like, just because I believe in X doesn't mean I need to be angry and vehemently against Y. Like, it's just, there's no reason for that. I don't know. I think it's very natural to be defensive of certain things and to judge other certain things or, you know, ideas in a very intense way when it comes to things that we hold dear, like, let's say, politics and religion. Those are two that I can think of right off the bat. I want to make it a goal of mine to be able to believe something, but also hold space for other people and their beliefs rather than just like being so anti and angry about it. I feel like there's so much of that going on around me, at least that I see on social media and specifically, I guess, on social media, but in real life as well. I feel like it's just important to be more neutral to certain things rather than just like anti so much. And I just see so many people being so anti and it makes me just be like, hey, please, like to myself, like don't be that person. It's not good. Today's episode is sponsored by Twins. So who does not love the good things in life? I feel like Note to Self is all about the little luxuries and attainable luxury and the small things that make us happy. And I mean, let's be honest, I like big luxury as well. Even though I enjoy a little luxury, it doesn't always mean that I can afford it in like a smart way, you know, until I discovered Quince. Quince is my go-to for luxury essentials at affordable prices. Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14 karat gold jewelry, which might be my favorite part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I absolutely love that. My current favorite from Quince that I cannot stop wearing is the 100% organic cotton boyfriend crew sweater. I have it in navy. It comes in a number of colors, though. It fits perfectly. And for the cold weather, especially now that I'm I know for a fact that I'll be moving to Milwaukee, you know, the Midwest, I am stocking up on sweaters even more. Just to give you an example of price point, traditionally, this sweater would probably retail for about one hundred dollars. And on Quince, they're selling it for forty nine ninety. Just really great prices. I love how transparent they are. And the product is so good. It feels so luxurious. So give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Payton, 
for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash payton to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash payton. Today's episode is sponsored by Notion. So if you know me, you know I love a list. I love a plan. I love kind of compartmentalizing. So I do like my to-do list by day and then by week. And then I have like an overall to-do list for the month and the year. I'm just a big, huge fan of planning. And I love using Notion for this. I discovered Notion long ago and I have been using it ever since. I basically use it every day for things like notes and lists. just like random notes and lists if I need documents, project management. I use it for planning trips. I use it for my to-do list. I use it for my goal setting list. I use it for podcast planning, brainstorming of literally any kind, my grocery list. I am obsessed with Notion. And now it has the power of AI built right inside of Notion and works across your entire workspace. It's been a total game changer for my productivity. So far today, I've used it to plan an episode that I am recording tomorrow and to plan for the next month of travel and to plan for an upcoming New York trip. Notion combines your notes, docs, and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully designed. Notion is your one place to connect teams, tools, and knowledge so you're empowered to do your most meaningful work. And the fully integrated Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger doing tasks that normally take you hours and just seconds. Save time and write faster by letting Notion AI handle the first draft, jumpstart a brainstorm, or turn your messy notes into something more polished. You can even automate tedious tasks like summarizing meeting notes or finding next steps. Notion AI does all this and more and frees you up to do the deep work. I've also used Notion AI to help me with like writing out a workout plan or writing out some kind of like menu for the week. It is truly amazing for both your work and personal lives. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash note to self. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash note to self to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show, notion.com slash note to self. Okay, number 12, learn to validate and trust yourself. I think that we often look around to other people for like approval and instructions. I get this a lot. Like, let's say in my DMs, this is one thing I notice in my DMs a lot. People ask me questions that I'm like, they ask me questions and they want answers that I don't necessarily have. So they'll be like, how did you fix this? And I'm like, oh, I have no idea. I just like started doing stuff and trying to like experiment. For example, my acne. How did you fix your acne? I did a bunch of things over the course of a lot of years. And then I just got older I have no idea how this happened and how a lot of my acne went away. So I don't have the answer for you. And I think we look around expecting other people to know stuff. And we just, I just, I don't know a lot of stuff. So I don't really expect other people to know it. So I guess I feel like I, I have to learn about my own self and my own life, my own perspective and do what's right for me. And I can't look to other people for some kind of instruction. A lot of the time too, I think, again, back to like what I've learned just being on social media a lot. And I think we all you know, have this to some degree is like people will try to give you advice and opinions on things without really understanding that like they're not a person you want to be like or that you might even like respect their opinions on some things. So why do we need that opinion, you know, or why do you need those instructions? Like you don't even it's like a moot point to you because you don't want to be like them anyway. So you didn't ask for that advice. <laughs> it, that kind of is aligned with that to me. So 
it's kind of nice to know that no one else really knows what they're doing either. And we're all just kind of guessing at what's best. So I started taking this kind of also falls in line with taking responsibility of your life is I started taking more responsibility for my life and being more bold with my choices and trusting myself a little bit more because I just realized it's not it's not for me to look left and right and see what everyone else is doing and get validation from other people that I'm going in the right direction because it's just like not their journey. And I it's more beneficial for you if you can lean into your own knowing and your own self, if you can get in touch with that and lead yourself to the place you need to go rather than needing permission and validation and instructions from other people all the time. All right, number 13. This one is simple. Sleep is the most important health factor. Now, is this 100% true? I don't know, but I'm starting to realize sleep is like the most important thing for you. And for so long, I did not focus on sleep. I'm a night owl. I love to be up. And this are like society really isn't built for night owls. You're getting up for school early. I feel like I didn't get enough sleep for most of my life. And now I am really focused on sleep and like my nighttime routine and trying to get enough REM sleep and deep sleep and all of that stuff. So sleep is really important. Number 15 or number 14, sorry. In times of stress or turmoil, zoom out. Then I also have listed one of my favorite quotes is by Tom Robbins. It says, the unhappy person resents it when you try to cheer him up because that means he has to stop dwelling on himself and start paying attention to the universe. Unhappiness is the ultimate form of self-indulgence. When you're unhappy, you get to pay a lot of attention to yourself. You get to take yourself oh so very seriously. And I like this quote in relation to zooming out because so many times in my life, I've taken myself and my issues so serious that I don't get perspective outside of myself enough to like pull myself out of that and be like, okay, you need to feel pain and whatever you're going through. I think it's good to feel it, but it's also great to have perspective that it's not the end of the world or it's not that serious. Like there are some things that are so serious, obviously, but I think that when you zoom out that we're on this like floating rock in space and you just like get the perspective that like we're just people living on the earth. There's something about that, like really zooming out. That's what I mean by zooming out in terms of perspective. Like I literally see like those those TikToks that zoom you out from like where you are, like let's say the city of Los Angeles all the way out into outer space and out into the universe. I'm like, all right, zoom out, like figure it out. An example of this is, or getting out of your own business actually, is when I went through my breakup, I was like, I need to stop paying attention to myself. So that's why I started to go work at baby to baby because it was like a couple hours a week that I could just like not fucking think about myself. And I was forced to think about someone else. And it was so helpful. So I say that in a way that it can be really helpful when you're going through something to like zoom out, get perspective, do some stuff for other people because it makes you get out of your own head and take everything that's happened to you so much less seriously. Number 15, perfectionism will paralyze you. Perfectionism is a great excuse to not start things because they need to be perfect. And as we discussed before, I've learned that it's never going to be perfect. There's never going to be a perfect time. I also think that there is a lot of value to just starting and adjusting as you go. I mean, that's how you live your life. You're kind of just like thrown into life. You just are born. And then you just adjust as you go. I mean, there's no other way to do literally anything. I think that there's certain ways you can prepare for moments and work stuff and all of this. But at the end of the day, you just got to start and just just fix things as you go and, and understand that it's going to be imperfect. And as a perfectionist myself, this is hard for me to sometimes grasp. Okay, number 16, very simple. Use your love languages on yourself. This was kind of a pivotal piece of advice that I got recently, and I don't know why I didn't think about it sooner, but 
For me, my love languages are quality time and acts of service. So I spend a lot of time, intentional time by myself. We talk about solo dates a lot. I I try to schedule in time on the calendar to like literally go out to dinner. Like I said a million times, y'all might be sick of this, but to go to dinner with myself, I'll bring a book or my Kindle or even my phone. Sometimes I have permission for myself to scroll TikTok if I want to during that time. But I want to spend some time special time, intentional time with myself as I would with anyone I love. And then acts of service as well. I like to buy myself nice little things. I like to buy myself flowers or get myself a nice little treat or like set up something for myself. That's really like I would like a, for a friend, something sweet and simple and something that's going to make my day better. I do that for myself as well as the people that I love. And I think it's so important to do it for yourself. Number 17, Sometimes the best thing you can do for a loved one is silently hold space for them. And I've noticed this based on just what I like from friends and family. I like to be heard and I like to be considered and I like for space to be held for me and maybe not necessarily like I don't want to go to someone and they constantly be giving me their advice because that's a lot of times not why I'm going to them. Sometimes I'm going to them to talk about it so I can get my own perspective out loud. You know what I mean? So I know that I enjoy that. And I've noticed that employing that with my family and friends, that tactic of just like holding space has been so important for the relationships in my life. And then number 18, consistency is key to success in all things, though that's not very glamorous. Just a little bit a day goes such a long way in general. And I also think consistency weirdly allows you those moments to be more spontaneous because like, let's say I'm consistently, we'll go back to the work example that I'm using for a lot of these. I'm consistently every morning doing 20 minutes of admin. That means I'm getting a lot of the stuff out of the way that I need to do. And I'm constantly making a dent in my emails, for example. And this is something I need to do, by the way. This is not something I do great quite yet. But the situation I find myself in when I don't do that is I'm sitting there on a Friday and I can't go to this event or go have lunch with this friend because I'm now so behind on emails that I don't have control of the situation because I wasn't consistent. So for me, consistency, that's a great example of why consistency is very freeing to me. And though it's not glamorous to sit there for 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day answering emails right at the beginning of the day, it does help so much in general. And it allows me to not, you know, be so bogged down later. And kind of to go along with that, number 19, create systems and plans to make consistency much easier. So for me, this happens with administrative tasks or appointments, any kind of health goal, like working out and stuff like that. I'm pretty consistent when it comes to eating healthy and working out. So if I go like two weeks without working out or if I'm sick or if I'm just vacationing or whatever, I don't like worry about it because I'm overall so consistent that it doesn't matter and it doesn't make me feel like I'm falling off or anything like that. Because when I get home, I just go back to my little routine and everything's fine. Same with, let's say, my appointments for things. I'm trying to be better at like getting my doctor's appointments and getting my like haircut when I need to. Again, all the depressive girly stuff that you just like don't do. Like I need to go see the dentist so badly and I just like haven't because I'm lazy and I'm depressed. (laughs) So I need to like put things in the calendar. And what happens to me when I actually go about, I, I go through the process of, scheduling my life out like this, I feel less depressed. So it kind of like is a negative feedback loop when I act like that. And then a more positive feedback loop when I disrupt my depression with like actually getting my shit together. You know what I mean? All right. Number 20, 
No one is paying attention to you as much as you think. So don't worry about it so much. Obviously, people will say things and have opinions and comments, but most of the time they're not really thinking about you that much. And if they are, that's like weird on their part, to be quite honest. And to me, that's a very freeing thing. I think some people take that in an offensive way. But I, even though I put my life on the internet and I have people who follow it, I deeply know that like no one really fucking cares. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's just like entertainment, something to talk about. And it's like not that serious to other people what I'm doing because everyone's focused on themselves, just like I'm focused on myself. Maybe until I have like children and I guess the people really close to me, I focus a little bit more on. But even then, it's just like all you can really control is yourself. So we're all kind of just worried about getting ourselves from day to day. So we're not necessarily thinking about each other as much as I think that we think we are. You know what I mean? Which, again, very freeing for me to understand. Number 21, hating yourself is exhausting. And people have asked me, how are you so confident? And mostly my answer is not something that I think people want to hear. And it's just that I am so bored hating myself because what's the point? I I just like it's at some point I heard that so much and it never clicked. And then at some point it, it really clicked for me. And I was like, wait a minute. This is so pointless and stupid to hate myself. Like if there's things about myself I want to change, I'll change them. And then we move on. Like, I don't want to just wallow in the depths of hating myself because, again, after a certain point in time, I think this I really learned this pretty intensely at like 28. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, who cares? Whatever. Like, let's say physically, I don't like the way that I look. I have zits or I feel like not myself in my body. I don't feel like I look as good as I should. I'm still going to just do whatever the fuck I want, because, again, one, no one really cares. Maybe someone will say something about my body or my skin or something, but like. Do they really fucking care? No. And two, I don't think I fucking care that much, to be quite honest. Like, there's other things I care about more. Not to say that I don't care at all. Obviously, I still do care. But I'm going to do my best to take care of myself and to, if we're going with the skin example, for example, I'm going to do my little procedures. I'm going to do my nice skincare. And if I get sit sometimes, like, I did I did as much as I could. You know what I mean? We'll cover it up. We'll keep it going. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I think that I've really internalized that because I got really tired of consistently second guessing myself. And it kind of reminds me of the quote that I shared earlier, like when you're so obsessed with yourself and how much you're falling short, you're still obsessed with yourself. And that's still boring (laughs) in that way. You know what I mean? So if you're going to be obsessed with at least be obsessed with like the good things about yourself. Let's be more positive about it because it's just exhausting to be negative all the time. That's the only reason I'm not literally all the time negative because I've always been that way. It's just tiring and it's not very fun to be around. All right. Number 22, you can remove yourself from situations and relationships or friendships that do not suit you. I think sometimes because we think we've been in something for a long time, we think that we cannot leave. I think there are certain things that become challenging. Parts of relationships can be challenging. Friendships can sometimes be challenging. Family relationships can be challenging. But once they cross a certain line to like making your life kind of miserable, you can leave. That's another thing that you have full control and you have full responsibility for your life. And at some point it becomes on you that you've let yourself be in the situation for long enough sometimes. Now, of course, there are certain mental things that happen when it comes to various relationships that are abusive. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about here because I'm not qualified to talk about that. But what I'm saying is if someone makes you feel like shit about yourself consistently, like a friend, you don't need to be their friend anymore just because you've been their friend. And this is something that's really hard. I think sometimes loyalty is great obviously, in a lot of ways. For me, when people cross boundaries consistently and when they disrespect me 
consistently. It's not just a bad day that they're having or a bad week or whatever. I have to remove those people from my life. Maybe not forever, but for that time, for sure, because I need to make sure that I'm allowing myself to flourish in a way that I am proud of in my life. And sometimes my environment really affects that. So I will somewhat ruthlessly remove people if they start literally ruining my life. And I'm not sorry about that, literally at all. And I don't think you should be either. Okay. Number 23, you have to learn to become your own best friend. So this kind of goes along with not hating yourself anymore. You have to learn to treat yourself like you treat someone that you love very, very much. Because for me, at least, I, and from my perspective, I am my best friend. And I have to be because you're the one that's with you throughout your entire life. No matter what, you have you. And I learned a long time ago to be my own best friend. Does that mean I don't have any friends? No, that just means that I learned to enjoy my own company. We actually have a full episode about this. I don't remember what number it is, but you can just type in like becoming your own best friend or whatever in the search bar. But that's been a big thing for me. Number 24, any relationship, even a good one or especially a good one, is a commitment to loving an imperfect person. Not everyone's going or anyone is going to be the absolute perfect person for you. I think that might be a theory, but I don't think it's necessarily true. People are imperfect. People are going to disappoint you. You're going to disappoint you. So obviously other people are going to disappoint you. For me, relationships are just learning to love someone who is going to be an imperfect person. Now, again, this can go in an extreme way where you're like being horribly disrespected and you're miserable and you're still loving this person. Like, obviously, that's getting into an extreme land of let's cut this person off now. But what I'm talking about is the reality of the situation is even a good relationship. It's just a commitment to loving someone who is imperfect. Another thing I learned about relationships, these last two, a good relationship with the right person will also expose parts of yourself that you don't necessarily want to see. I feel like I've heard a lot of the times that a good relationship is a mirror and you learn things about yourself and you learn your shortcomings when you're with someone who you respect and love and they get to know you in the intimate way that a like romantic partnership does it does show you parts of yourself that you might be offended by and it's going to bring out sides of you that you might not love. And for me, I've met those sides of myself with or attempted to meet them with some grace, even though I get annoyed when confronted with them. It's like immediately like you're defensive and then you have to like learn to soften and be like, wait a minute, am I doing that? And in this way, it's not really anything serious. It's just like, I'll look at my partner and be like, okay, he's doing this thing that's really annoying to me. Does it make him a bad person? No, but like, I'm going to let him know that he's annoying me in this way. And then he'll be like sad that he's annoying me and defensive. And then I'll, and then we'll get to a point where we're both like, all right, mirror. How do I respectfully share that I don't really appreciate this part of you right now? And if this, is this a part of you that you need to have? Is this who you are? Or is it a part of you that I'm showing to you and exposing to you. And you're like, oh, wait, I don't really like that that much. And vice versa. He does that to me as well. And for me, I think it'd be easy to look at that and be like, okay, this isn't the right thing for me. Or I'm really defensive or I'm, I feel attacked when really sitting through that and getting to know myself better from that perspective has taught me a lot about myself and allowed me to make improvements to myself and to my relationship that I want to make. I'm not saying that I need to be changed and challenged in all the ways. I'm just saying if someone, someone who who you love and respect brings something up to you, it might be uncomfortable, but really look into it and see, is this a part of you that, that makes you, you, 
and that you love? Or is this a part of you that you might want to like improve on or leave behind to make you a better, happier person and better partner? That's something I've definitely learned. And it's been pretty transformative for myself and for my relationships. Okay, 26 is just a quote from Edward Bubat. I don't know how to say his name because I'm thinking that's French and I'm not going to try to pronounce that in a French accent. This is just a quote and it says, you cannot live when you are untouchable. Life is vulnerability. I've learned this specifically through relationship, but also through work. I feel like I have been lucky enough to start a podcast and share stuff on YouTube for a long time and share stuff on social media and have this job that I have so much freedom in and where I can be my own boss. And I don't think I would have it if I hadn't taken the leap to share some things that were extremely vulnerable and continue to do so like today even. But it's kind of now it's become routine to do so. But I think that had I not done that, I wouldn't have the life that I have right now. And I think that goes on some level for everyone in relationships is another easy example of this. Like you have to be vulnerable and you have to put yourself out there to get yourself hurt in order to be in a relationship at all. You cannot be walled off and be in a, in a great relationship. You have to be vulnerable and allow someone else to take care of you in a vulnerable state because that's how you find out if you can trust people or not. So, and you have to figure that out if you're going to be in a good relationship. So that's something I've really learned lately. That one's been kind of a back end of my 20s thing because I've always been a person that's very walled off and very like I'm going to take care of myself and I'm, you know, self-sufficient. And I don't need anyone else. And I think that it's kind of a defense mechanism for sure. Okay. Number 27, very simple. Stop drinking so much caffeine and stop eating so much sugar. I'm a sugar fiend. I grew up on, I don't know, three to four Dr. Peppers a day plus like the meals and desserts and snacks. I was just like lived in the pantry growing up, like the gushers, the fruit snacks. My family would do a full ice cream sundae bar every night for dessert. That is so much fucking sugar. And sugar is so bad for you. It's like if sleep is the best thing for you, like sugar is the worst thing for you. From what I'm noticing based on more like health information that I'm taking in now. So stop drinking so much caffeine and eating so much sugar. It's not really good for my hormones too. And I have PCOS. It's like the worst thing you can do for PCOS and like raising your cortisol. So I need to stop doing that. And that's something I've really worked on for the past, like I'd say like three years or so. Number 28, you are going to have to learn to forgive yourself for dumb decisions that you make. Now, this could go for big dumb decisions. In my life, I've made very few, luckily, big dumb decisions. I've made a bunch of little dumb decisions. I've bought something I wasn't supposed to buy. I've said something I wasn't supposed to say. And I have to give myself grace for th those things. I have to take responsibility for those actions, but I have to give myself grace as well internally so I don't just like guilt trip myself. And again, getting into the whole topic of hating myself again, you just can't do that. And the way you don't hate yourself is give yourself grace and forgive yourself. Number 29, especially as a woman, hormone health is incredibly important. So I'm doing a lot of things to watch out for my hormones now. Again, I mentioned the PCOS. So I'm really paying attention to things like cortisol and testosterone specifically. And I'm trying to learn how to control those things. I think with women's health, the way it is and the way it has been, it's not easy for us to figure these things out. And we don't have more, we don't have as much information as I feel like we should have to this point, which is so fucking typical. But I think that 
going out there and trying to learn things and implement certain things in my life has been pretty transformative. So self-education is important, obviously checking sources. I follow a lot of doctors and stuff on TikTok, which has been a great source of information. A lot, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I would like to have Dr. Jolene Brighton on the podcast at some point. I think I follow her on, on Instagram for PCOS health. So I've just really been trying to prioritize hormone health above basically anything because it has affected my entire body. And then number 30, which is very important to me, and this didn't occur to me until way too late in life, it's that life is supposed to be fun. Like, I just have a tendency to take things very seriously. I'm very type A. Also, we could blame like the background that I come from a military family. I'm the oldest. I feel like I was constantly in like a, a nervous or scared situation, especially like if my dad, one of the closest people to me, was away and at war specifically, I think you just like learn to live in this state of just like nervousness and everything is so serious. And in that situation, things are pretty serious, I will say. But life is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to learn and experience and enjoy and not everything needs to be taken so seriously. I do usually attract people in my life that take life much less seriously than me. Like we're like a a balance in that way. My boyfriend, Joe, is a good example of this. He is so unserious. He can be serious, but he's usually very unserious. A lot of my friends are pretty unserious. So I like to be around people like that because they remind me to be less serious and that things just aren't that intense most of the time. And for them, a lot of the times they'll say, you know, it's not always fun to be serious, but sometimes they need to be a little more serious in their life and a little more intentional, for example. So a good balance is great. But I think that I've learned through people in my life that I love that life is supposed to be fun. And just take a deep breath. You're doing fine. We're relaxing. I need to prioritize fun and play and all of these other things more, especially moving into this decade of my life. So that is the 30 things that I could think of off the top of my head <laughs> that I have learned. I guess 15 of them were kind of off the top of my head. 15 I kind of already had. But I've learned in my first 30 years. I'm very lucky to have gotten here and I'm proud of myself for the person that I have become and I'm becoming. And I hope that you guys can listen to Note to Self and feel permission to say that kind of thing to yourself or aloud to other people about yourself. I want everyone to just feel like they can look back at their life and be like, so far I've learned a lot and I'm really proud and I've given myself grace and forgiveness for the things I've done wrong. And I feel like I'm on a really great path. So with that, I don't really have a note to self for myself this week because all of that was kind of a note to self. But I want to know what you guys think about my learnings. If y'all want to comment on the Instagram, the note to self Instagram is back up and at it at NTS by PS on Instagram. And then my Instagram is at Peyton Sarton. I'm putting a little hiatus on YouTube, I think, because I just am getting stretched so thin and I need to like reevaluate what I want to do, which I know people, I think if I get ever approached in person for anything, people will say they watch YouTube most of the time. I guess that makes sense because they like see you physically and they know what you look like. So they'll come up to you and say hi. So I'm kind of bummed to like let that one go. But right now it's the one that's it's inspiring me the least. And I want to focus more on note to self because I fucking love this podcast and I love doing it. So thank you guys so much for being with me throughout this whole last year and being with me through my 29th year, I guess now 28th and 29th year of life. And I'm so happy for 2024 for note to self and for what's going to happen in the beginning of my, you know, I guess this is the beginning of my fourth decade. Is that what that would be? 
Anyway, that's kind of scary to think about. Um, Y'all can find me on Instagram and on TikTok, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind the scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.